0: everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Tennis One podcast here in the Tennis One app. A lot to cover. The Australian Open are into the quarterfinals. We are going to talk everything that's happened this past week for AO, and of course, we also have a little... Kind of fun game you could call it, um, where we're gonna draw topics and kind of go into them in a little bit more detail. And obviously Patrick's been covering on Aussie time, so he's been awake for all of these matches, so he's definitely gonna give us kind of his expertise and insight into these matches. Patrick, how are you feeling? How's the sleep schedule?
1: (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. I I told you earlier that I set my alarm for two thirty PM, woke up. Back to sleep on accident for an hour. So thank you for uh waiting for me to get my get my act together here.
0: It's all good. It's a different um, yeah. schedule for sure.
1: Yeah, it is, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's first grand slam of the year, and uh yeah, I don't know, it's kind of peaceful at night, you know. No one else is awake, you just can yeah. focus on watching the tennis and all that. Watching so. tennis,
0: no complaints there.
1: No, no, and there's been a lot of things, a lot of exciting storylines, and so that's why we're gonna do this fishbowl game. Madison has written down some of the the top storylines of this year's Australian Open and uh, written them on little pieces of paper, thrown them in a fishbowl. We're gonna just randomly draw them out and uh, and talk about them that way. So neither of us really know which topics coming first. Uh, so kind of exciting way to do it. Uh, but yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. You- I don't actually have a real fishbowl, so I'm just using a cereal bowl from Target.
1: Oh, that's okay. We don't have to love the viewers That's okay. No, no yeah. they
0: don't. <laughs> okay, so I will go ahead and draw the first topic. Okay, this is a good one. Andy, never say die Murray.
1: <laughs> never say die Murray. Andy, uh, man, <laughs> he was definitely the, I would say that in terms of a single player, the top storyline of the first week, you know, he just, the guy won two five-setters and, you know, he's... For me, it's special because uh, I've had the hip surgery that Murray has had um, on both sides, and and he, he has metal hip, so it, it kind of went beyond what I had, I think. But to see somebody out there running balls down like he is, there was a point against um, – was it against Berrettini or Kokonakis? It was against Kokonakis for sure, the, the point where he had like five overheads and Murray's just yes. side to side running them down, and oh, my God so fun to watch and, uh, just so fun to see Andy. Like, obviously, you know, he had some good wins last year. He he wasn't consistent. A lot of them came earlier in the tournament because, you know, I think once he got to the later rounds, he couldn't really physically keep up. Um, but you know, not that these weren't early rounds as well, but to win in five against these, these guys, multiple nights in a row, um, or multiple matches in a row, I should say. Super exciting. Did you, how much of Murray did you watch?
0: Yeah. So obviously the five hour and 45 minute match against Kokonakis was still going on when I woke up at seven. So I just watched the rest of that and it still went on for a long time. So that was uh, quite the display between, honestly, for both of them. That was, that was like the most incredible match. He's just kind of like a warrior. I don't know. And then (laughs) I thought it was funny too how he, like his facial expressions obviously on court he always looks really mad when oh, he was yeah. like that's when I'm having my the most fun um yeah. that's when yeah, I'm so... my happiest on the inside <laughs> yeah, yeah. when he's screaming
1: <laughs> at his box which that that makes sense because he's done that a lot so
0: yeah <laughs> and that's what that what's that's what makes Andy Murray Andy Murray. Like I think and I just it's, it's unfortunate that he, he got out because he brings obviously a huge draw, even in Australia. Like, I just feel like no matter where that guy is, people just, they will do anything to see him.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, you, you gotta want to watch somebody that just fights like that. And, uh, and it's smart enough to to be able to stay in the match, even if he's maybe a little outgunned or, or whatever the reason is. I mean, like you said, he, he's a, he's a chirper, you know, he um, <laughs> he's always got something to say to his box. And uh, I, I wonder if that's why he's had Lendl has been his coach three different times. Like they've, they've had three different stints instead of just <laughs> one consistent stint. So I always wonder like is Lendl, you know, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting too old, but I don't need to take this, you know? Um,
0: yeah, I'm sure he's not easy, um, to to work with at all times. So
1: (laughs) yeah, on the court, at least, I mean, off the court, he's such a good guy. And like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with his, um, his takes his, his answers to a lot of questions. He's always the guy that gets asked about the cultural issues and he kind of always nails it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think as he's gotten older, that side of him has really grown and like, probably made him more popular because I remember when he was like doing really well uh you know when he like won Wimbledon and all this stuff like he wasn't the most popular player at that time I mean unless you were like from you know England or something like right yeah uh, or Scotland he yeah he, he wasn't super he wasn't like the most popular I think again just because he he kind of yells at his box a lot and <laughs> kind of came off bratty sometimes but uh but no You know, as these players get older and they're still able to do this, especially as physical as he's doing it, like you can't you can't not root for a guy like that. So
0: realistically, how many more, you know, Australian Opens and some of these slams do you think Andy Murray has left in him? Hmm. I know that's a hard question. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, for sure, at least one more. I think I mean, that that was an amazing run. I I, I guess it just totally depends on this year. Um, right? you know, I saw a quote from him, like, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to do after tennis. You know, what's, what's he going to fill his time mm-hmm. with uh, obviously has a family, but like, that's just, it's gotta be very hard. We we're seeing it with uh Tom Brady, who just like, I mean, that that's a whole different level where he kind of just like gave up his family for fo- for football, which is not, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I don't know. It's, it just shows you how hard it is for these people these guys who have been like at the top of a sport to, to walk away. And so, yeah, as long as he does well this year, uh, he'll be back next year. I would have to say, but um, it's a long season and a lot can happen and he's not the youngest player out there. So.
0: Right. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully no more serious injuries for him. Cause I feel like that would definitely make or break it kind of, I'm sure that's hard.
1: Yeah. Especially, I mean, he, he was like most known for just like running. I mean, honestly what we saw this week where he's like running everything down, (laughs) he was so fast. Like that was one of his biggest weapons really. And, uh, and having the hip surgery, like the first couple of years after that, he did, he just didn't have it, you know? And I I can tell you, it's, it's not easy getting back to that lateral movement and, uh, and physically and mentally, sometimes it, you like, I don't know, you just kind of, Trick yourself into thinking you can't do some of these things, but uh, but he's moving the best he has since that surgery. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he's got.
0: Yeah, he's a fun one to watch. So that's that was a good way to start it off with good old Andy Murray. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Go we'll go to the next topic. Let's see. Okay, this is another good one. Top women fall out. The top seeds being out on this WTA side.
1: Yeah, I think um, there are a lot of them. A lot, a lot of the top seeds lost. I think at this point there's only two top teners left, and that's Pagula and Sabalenka. Yep. And I think those are, you know, sort of the favorites at this point. Uh, maybe not just because of their ranking, but they're also just playing really great. Yeah, I mean, you've. I, I think the most shocking one was Sfiontech. Uh Yes. Yeah, I mean, she just she's been so dominant in the last whatever not quite a year but basically since i guess indian wells maybe right before right before she won a tournament as well so that that whole string and then obviously she won the, the french and the u.s open and so we're not we're not used to seeing her go out in a slam especially as early as she did um but I don't know. You know, sometimes you just uh she said that she kind of didn't have much left to give. Um
0: Yeah, she was she was struggling yeah. a little bit mentally it seemed like and she talked about that in her press conference, so
1: Yeah. It's tough,
0: yeah. I'm sure. I mean, like I couldn't imagine the pressure too. Obviously she was yeah. a favorite, so
1: Yeah. And she said that earlier even that like it's it's tough when you're just expected to win these matches you know like if you you basically have nothing to w- gain you know because you either win and that's what you're supposed to do or you lose and it's like oh my god upset like is fiantic done that you know, <laughs> like just all of a sudden people i don't think anybody said she's done but you know you get the point like it's uh yeah. it's not easy so yeah uh and she had that whole article that she wrote in the players Tribune that came out right before this um talking about how it's been hard mentally for, for kind of those reasons. And uh, like the, the better you are, the bigger you get, like the less fun it can be because you just have more obligations in terms of marketing and interviews and all this stuff. That's not tennis. And uh, so, yeah, it's gotta be tough. And uh, especially we got to remember, she's still very young. So she is really young. Yeah. So I think that that gets lost a lot, especially I think maybe sometimes on the women's side, because, young players break through like so much earlier. Like, I mean, Coco golf was like 15, you know, and yeah. for Ritova who, who made, I think she lost in the, she just lost last night. She did in the round yep. of 16. She's 17. So yeah, it's uh it's not easy, but I think, I think Sviantech will be back. I think we have no. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah. You can't count her out for the year. That's definitely very true. Yeah. She might
1: make her more dangerous losing like this. Now she's going to feel more motivated and have something to prove again.
0: Yeah. Like, and it's tough in the moment, but I'm sure like you just said, you know, it might be for the best in this circumstance, kind of take a little bit of pressure off of her. Mm-hmm. give her the opportunity to like you said prove herself and kind of climb back up yeah and and like you said the the top two are probably Sabalenka and pagula neither have dropped a set so far which is absolutely yeah. crazy yeah. um so they're really fun to watch but yeah like Ons was out early caroline garcia just lost you know coco's out yeah. except she's still in doubles which is great too she's but yeah yet.
1: yeah i think uh so Pagula and Sabalenka would meet in the finals, I believe, yep. because Pagula's on the top half, is on the bottom. That would Sabalenka, be a great final. <laughs> yeah, Sabalenka has, I think, a winning head-to-head. I think it was like four to one or something. And, okay. and Pagula, the last time she won was quite a while ago. Um, so yeah, it's. It, but I don't know. Pagula's playing so solid, and Sabalenka, while she has been playing dominant, there's always... You know that worry that going into a certain match, especially if it's big, big expectations. Um, you know she plays so aggressively that sometimes if that if she's not if the balls aren't landing in, that could be can tough. Be
0: demise, yeah. And I think for Pagula sure.
1: could maybe battle. In and like if if neither were playing well, I think that Pagula can can maintain a. I, I don't know. I think she kind of has the advantage there. But mm-hmm. if Sabalank is on, I mean, and she's yeah. she's serving she's fiery. much better <laughs> she's fiery for sure she's yeah. she's great actually so she's I, I really, really
0: fun to watch that would be a really really great final honestly yeah. i would love love to see that so
1: yeah i agree kind of hope that's the that's final because i like both those players as people Me as well they're just the yeah. chillest have you met jess oh at, she's
0: at, so calm i've never met her but you you have several yeah. times right i mean
1: she's just super chill she's like the most normal person of all time it's just like if anyone so one down of your friends became a pro tennis player and just was like yeah drinking beers at the press conferences <laughs> and like just yeah <laughs> she's so calm chill.
0: on court too it just translates like she's just calm calm in all aspects of her life it seems like and it's done her well because number three in the world yeah. probably has a good shot at making this final yeah a shot at winning her first grand slam title pretty exciting yeah. for her
1: definitely We, uh, we may have stepped, I think at the end, we're going to, we're going to make some picks on who we we we, (laughs) We may have stepped on it. Uh, maybe (laughs) maybe we'll have to pick somebody different at the end, just to like, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I summed it up when she won yesterday, somebody asked her if she was surprised if these top seeds are losing. And she was like, no, you know, like there's not just top, there's not just 20 tough players. There's like 150 tough players. And if you're not on your game, like every single day, you could lose to anybody. So yeah,
0: at any given moment. That's yeah. for sure. Well, yeah. like we said, we touched a little bit more on probably WTA than than we wanted to, but that's okay. We'll get back into it later. So we'll go ahead and go to the next fishbowl topic. Okay. Late matches, yay or nay?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a big topic kind of outside the court that has been going on down in Australia. Like you had so many matches, obviously the Murray Kokonakis match, the main culprit, I think went to almost five in the morning, Melbourne time, which yeah. was- super late <laughs> here um that was that was like 10 10 or 10 15 or whatever here
0: yeah the next day or it was like a day earlier right
1: yeah so that's that's become a big topic um there's been a few matches that have gone really late and you know Murray was saying like if my son or daughter was a you know ball kid and they're coming home at 5 a.m that's not okay it's not good for the tournament staff it's not you know it's basically not good for anyone um fans included which I think some fans would say they like it and some fans Mm -hmm. don't. I mean, what, what has your impression been so far of these late matches, especially as someone that like, you know, watched other sports a lot more than you did tennis growing up.
0: Yeah. Well, just based on what I've seen, you know, I feel like Australia is kind of built for that environment. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to say it that late, it's going to be Australians. I just feel like, Mm -hmm. and it's, they're like more laid back. I don't know. It just seemed like they still have a good crowd. I understand from the player perspective and the tournament staff perspective that it's really hard. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a fine line. Like, I think there, there, it could go, you know, a little, like there could be a cutoff. I, yeah. I think that part of the fun of slams is that you get those late night matches. You were at the U S open
1: mm-hmm.
0: Was it the Alcaraz one that went to like three in the morning or something crazy too. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that is what a lot of people, especially in New York, people say all the time. Oh, the night matches. Like every time you ask players in New York, a lot of times they say that their favorite thing is playing those night matches. Yeah. And now they, they might just mean when they start on time and, and not going super late. But like, it is really fun as, as a fan, for sure, in New York, when like the matches are still going at like 3 a.m. and you're in a fifth set. Like as somebody that maybe grew up with tennis, I really like that. I can see how... Yeah. Um, you know maybe some new fans or or, I don't know people think that some people say we shouldn't even play five set matches you know that if if you just had everybody play two out of three you wouldn't have to try to have one less night match on the schedule or you know you you wouldn't have to worry about like pausing the match and picking it up the next day which is another suggestion I've seen right so I don't know that to me that that kind of is what it comes down to is like do we want to keep playing three out of five set matches. And like, I guess as a purist, I want to see it because it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like in hockey in a two out of three game series versus a best of seven. Uh, You yeah. know, the better team is probably going to win, right? For so, sure. So two out of three, really anything can happen. But I think, you know, especially at the slams and that's why we've seen the big three win so many matches, like, because they know it is how best did... of five. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you said, the best, the best player comes out on top eventually, yeah. but you've been, you've been to the Australian open. Did you go to any matches that went like, maybe not as late as they have this, this round, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I so saw, I was working when I went and I was working in the media room, like literally just refilling coffee machines and, uh, printing out draw sheets for journalists and stuff like that. And, uh, there was not, there was definitely not a match that went as late as the Murray Kokonaka's match. um th- There were some that went pretty late, you know, maybe like two in the morning or so. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For me, I was just happy to be there. And I was like, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for this atmosphere. I, you know, I, people are working a lot of hours during these tournaments journalists, volunteers, staff, like everybody that's involved with the tournament. And when there's still a singles match going on, people basically have to still be working. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's tough, especially for an event that is now sort of like three weeks long. Um, it can just, yeah. A lot of, a lot of hours for all involved. So yeah, I, I kind of see, yeah. kind of see both ways, but I, know. I do too. It does just automatically create a storyline though. When, uh, when a match goes that late or is that long in length. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it, but again, I'm not the player and uh, I don't have to recover <laughs> and play like right. another match, and so that's not always easy. But Alcaraz yeah. did it at the U.S. Yeah. Open. So,
0: <laughs> and look at what happened to him. He won. Well, so,
1: granted, he was like 19 <laughs> and not you know mid 30s <laughs> like Andy Murray. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: true, yeah. a little different, but still,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: think it's. I don't know. I think there's a certain aspect of fun to it. So, I agree with you there. Kind of, I see it both ways for sure. From mm-hmm. all, from all cylinders. Yeah. Okay, we will go on to the next topic. Okay, Ben Shelton well-deserving of his own subject
1: (laughs) why don't don't you just start with a little little Ben Shelton talk I mean you you were at the NCAAs that he won last year so what was was that like
0: yeah so you know just him as a person one of the most down-to-earth and respectful players that we had the pleasure of talking with at the NCAAs and he's just so he's he's like kind of reminds me of Coco Goff Mm -hmm. Just because he's so well-spoken and so mature beyond his years. And I just feel like it translates really well onto the court too. And I think that stems obviously from his dad, Brian Shelton. I think he did an incredible job, not only coaching Ben, but raising him into the man that he is and the player that he's become. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really, really exciting for him just to see what he's been able to do winning the NCAA singles in May of 2022. And then now turning around and becoming a top 100 player in just a matter of months is incredible he's into a quarterfinal at the australian open i mean you can't write that better
1: no i mean like you said his his parents did an unreal job with him like 15 out of 10 because yeah we (laughs) we both got to talk to him last year at at, you know ncaa's or i was at atlanta open when he had his first pro win and uh and yeah he's just like he's well spoken but he's he's just a very nice guy he's he's um very smiley all the time. And, um, you know, maybe that's just like, he's young and he's like, Oh my God, I'm like playing pro tennis now. This is so cool. But he's, he's totally legit. I mean, he, I I watched him beat Casper rude at Cincinnati, like in straights. It was was like three and three. So (laughs) he's, you know, I I don't know how much of it is like, Oh, people just don't have film on him or, you know, I'm sure that maybe contributes a little, but like the guy can serve in the one forties, um, hits huge, really good mover. Super charismatic. I mean, I think that served him really well in this tournament playing on John Kane Arena, because like when he beat Poprin, who just beat Taylor Fritz, you know, the (laughs) match before, who is the top ranked American, he beat him in five sets and then Shelton beats Poprin in three on John Kane Arena, where again, the whole crowd was, you know, they're Aussie, they're rooting for Poprin and uh, Shelton handled it like insanely well, I think just another yeah testament to uh his uh i guess upbringing or whatever but For maybe sure. the college tennis environment too like those environments are rowdy so he kind they of knows how rowdy. to yeah how to overcome that i think and he he won him over sort of by the end and and then last night playing against jj wolf i mean i think the crowd was definitely a little more in his favor um yeah but yeah he's he's been amazing to watch i think it's the first time an ncaa champion has made the quarters of a slam the next year. Um, and that was like, Arthur, that was Arthur Ashe in the sixties. So <laughs> pretty, pretty cool storyline. Um, and people have been saying it for a while now, but for a long time, it was like, if you played college tennis, you, you weren't going to be good enough to make it on the tour, you know, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, Steve Johnson, I guess he was the best college tennis player ever. And so you know, so good. And he sort of had a ceiling on the, now he had a great pro career. Like I'm, I'm not saying he didn't have, you know, a lot of good results, but you know, he didn't win any slams, uh, or, you know, get into the top 10 or anything like that. Right. Um, so yeah, to, to honestly see both those college guys last night in the fourth round, that That's was so
0: fun. Yeah. Him and JJ. Yeah. That was, that was great. And even yeah. just to see, you know, Mackie do so well in the Australian Open. Probably not as far as he wanted to go with how well he played, but I mean big upset for him beating Rafa. So
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean unfortunately kind of had like a an ab injury it looked like in his next match. So couldn't couldn't compete full out. But yeah, college tennis doing well. And uh I think Sheldon's happy to carry that flag. He he talks about it a lot in the interviews. And yeah, he's just so exciting to watch. So yeah, he's got Tommy Paul next. I mean, glad it's going to be an American in the semis either way, but Yeah. Man. That Shelton is is fun to watch and fun to root for.
0: He's really Yeah, he's hard not to root for. And then I don't know if you want to touch a little bit on the comparison that people were making on Twitter with him and Roddick. Shelton and uh, Roddick.
1: Yeah, I saw, so what was the what was the stat? It was like the first time that an American has let me. Let me. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I, got I can't right remember here. either. <laughs> we got to get this one right. This is. Yeah, uh,
0: we can't. We can't misspeak. This, on this is
1: live research, people. For anyone listening, here we go. <laughs> ben Shelton is the first American man in 20 years to reach a major quarterfinal before turning 21. Andy Roddick in 2003 at Wimbledon was the last time that happened. Yeah, I mean that's. Hey, Andy Roddick was absolutely my favorite player growing up. He was <laughs> because he was flashy. He was very he fun, very fun to watch fiery personality like, you know, that I don't know. I don't want to speak for the whole country, but I think that's what Americans want. We want like some personality. We want flashy strokes, like just a lot of high energy. And that's totally Ben Shelton. Um Mike Cation, who who used to call matches at Illinois and is calling matches for the Australian Open. Shout out to him.
0: Yeah, he he's was, awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was doing the uh ESPN plus stream of Shelton and Wolf last night. So not the ESPN two, but the if you just wanted to watch uh Shelton and Wolf, he was calling it. And he said, like he's you know, he's uh spunky and he's got a game that is gonna, you know, bring fans. And I think that's a hundred percent right. Like people Watch his we'll watch matches, him. and yeah super exciting yeah. so so he's got that going for him like Roddick and uh yeah he is young but man he's got so much potential and like he played quarterback growing up in football like he didn't even really <laughs> play he didn't commit to playing tennis until he was like 13 or something like that so you know I you always kind of wonder about burnout with younger players but I don't I don't see that with him. He looks like he's having a great time. So yeah. Um, Keep the
0: smiles. That's what we like to see. We want smiles. Oh yeah. <laughs> have have fun. And yeah. he yeah, he's he's pretty much the poster the poster player for that. So yeah, yeah. he's if he he's could been win, really that fun. Would be, wow. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what that would do for
1: that would be uh it would be I won't say it, but that would be effing huge. Yeah. <laughs> <But anyway>. yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be the storyline of the entire year forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll get back to Ben later because we'll talk more about. Okay. Here we are. Netflix curse.
1: The Netflix curse. As someone that you you watch the show, do you believe in the curse or what?
0: Well, unfortunately, I think I do because really, let's see, like three of the players pulled out with injury. Yep. Two were out with round two. Mateo out in round one. F A A Felix was the only one,
1: yeah, who made it the he, he furthest. Made it furthest.
0: Yeah, and he and now he's out after the round of sixteen. And then the women's side on's out round two. Sakari out in round three. Island never played, and Bedosa out with an injury. So yeah, yeah, and I I think it is. <laughs> I'm sure that they don't probably like that type of press surrounding yeah. break point, but. I mean, there's no players that were featured in the first five episodes that are left. So,
1: yeah, I mean, so, yeah, you, you said that three people were injured. So mm-hmm. that leads me to believe there's a curse. And yeah. then <laughs> three players were, I believe, you know, four players were like straight up upset. I mean. Ajay seem losing to Lehechka. Lehechka is on fire. He's he is he's having the run of his life. So that's kind of just bad luck, I guess, that you run into a player like that. Rude, um, Rude lost to Jensen Brooksby, who has just such a unique game. Like
0: he, <laughs> he, 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 he does. That,
1: yeah, that guy could beat anybody on any given day for the most part. Maybe not Djokovic, but like <laughs> he could beat beat almost anybody. And, and Rude again just has to be playing. He has to be playing solid every time. Um, I think yeah, I always. He's got to be
0: on, or he's not, he's not you know, gonna.
1: Yeah, I always think out of the out of the top five players, he's the one that is most prone to upsets because I, I think he just doesn't have like a huge weapon. Um, so yeah, if he's not on, that's it's tough. Um, Sakari lost a three setter. Jabir lost. You know, yeah. I, I just think. Uh, I, I guess I would. I don't know tennis is tennis anybody can win so i'm not fully bite into the curse but you know uh, like there was if you looked at the lineup of players before the tournament and you wouldn't have said any of them were going to win so yeah you know, i i don't know i think it's fun for social media you know fun fun yeah. topic to talk <laughs> about uh but yeah bring I, a little drama yeah the the injuries that to me was the Yeah, because that happened in um, football a lot. They always talk about the Madden curse. Do they have anything like that in hockey? Uh,
0: I mean, not really, but it does seem like a common theme in hockey is when it I mean, I saw this with the abs recently. They had like four players who were out with injury Mm -hmm. and you see that a lot where it's kind of I mean, same with football. So but yeah, Yeah. it seems like it's kind of like a domino effect in the NHL. One player gets injured on a team and then they're all of a sudden it's just like.
1: Oh, yeah, that's no fun. Um,
0: Definitely not. But tennis, obviously you're out there by yourself. So if you're injured, you're done.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's kind of the tough thing. So um, which is which is why, uh, you know, some people are saying like, you can't just have one night match, which is what some people are suggesting to like shorten it because they're like, oh, if somebody gets hurt during the match or pulls out like all those people that paid for a night session ticket and they only got one match. uh." Right. So, yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no subs coming in. So that's, that's the thing about tennis. If you're, that's true. And everybody is playing with injuries for the most part. I mean, I don't think any single player left in the draw would, would tell you like, I am just like a hundred percent. I don't, I don't have any blisters. I don't have like any nagging things. Like, you know, every single person has something. And uh, so it's just kind of like, can you get through it? But um, yeah. But yeah. No, Netflix curse.
0: Jury's out.
1: Jury's out. We'll see. Now, if they do a second season and those players, well, I guess we'll see with the second half of this season when that comes out in June. If those players do poorly at Wimbledon right after,
0: or pull out,
1: or pull out, yeah, (laughs) then maybe we can we can confirm. But one tournament,
0: yeah, you can't say that's true. That's (laughs) very true. Okay, last topic from the fishbowl: the American tennis surge we touched on it a little bit with Ben Shelton but there're obviously some other players Sebby Corda, Tommy Paul, Jess Pagula, mm-hmm. Coco is still in it with doubles.
1: With doubles, yeah. So yeah, I mean obviously all the talks on the men's side because our women have been great. For a long time, like that, they, there, there was never that's really true. any drop off in terms of you know,
0: about American yeah. women, <laughs>
1: Serena was carrying the flag. And then, you know, we had some of the younger, like, so that's final in the U S open, um, 2017, I think it was with Madison keys and Sloan Stevens, Sloan won. Like there, there hasn't really been a huge stretch of time where, where an American woman hasn't won a major. So the men always get talked about. It's kind of like beating <laughs> a dead horse, you know, basically since Roddick, no U S men, US man has won a grand slam. So, now to have 3 in the in the quarterfinals is super exciting. We talked about <clears throat> Shelton. Corda is Corda has the best shot of any of them. I was win. just
0: going to say yeah, he yeah. he could go all the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just made the finals of Adelaide right before this. Lost to Djokovic but had a match point. So, he's there. I've been watching all his matches. To me, it kind of feels like he's in control of the matches. The only thing that goes wrong for him is when it's time to close, like in when it's time to whatever, close out a set or especially close out the match. He definitely still gets a little tight and he's had sort of history with that. He he lost in the doll once when he was serving for it and that was tough. And then obviously he lost to Djokovic, like I just said, had match point lost. So it's tough when you have like, you know, results like that, you kind of question yourself like, oh, can I close out these big matches? Because in the past, it's been hard for him. But now he's been able to do it, uh, you know, beating Medvedev. And uh, let's see, who do, who do you beat in the round of 16? I'm totally blanking right now for some reason. Mm-hmm. So many matches. So let's sleep. pull up
0: the handy dandy <laughs> tennis one up real quick.
1: Yeah, he. Um, let's see. Draws. I love these pinchings. It's so nice when you can just pinch and make it smaller. Okay, so of course, yeah. He beat her catch. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was five sets. That was actually closer than the Medvedev match and uh not really. Honestly, neither player was really playing great, but uh and, and yeah, I I thought actually her catch was going to sneak it out at the end there cuz he had some chances, but Was
0: it and that was the match tiebreak?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. it, went to a, it went to a fifth set match tiebreaker. I believe it was. The score was 10-7 in the tiebreaker. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think Korda has the best shot. I think these these wins have given him more confidence. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. He's, you know, he's in the top half. So luckily for him, he's not going to have to play Djokovic until the final.
0: The final, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's playing Kachanov, off uh, Kachanov, off some people say. So definitely a winnable match, um, for but, sure. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Um,
0: and then yeah, and then, and then we got Tommy Paul, Tommy and Shelton. I, I really think that I think that one could go either way. To be honest, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun one. They're both Tommy definitely fun.
1: like has more experience, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is like fully in on being a pro tennis player. Mm-hmm. Definitely at the beginning of his career when he was younger, he. He had a lot of potential, but he just was like, honestly, he's kind of a party boy. You know, he uh,
0: he definitely was. <laughs> he, yeah,
1: he, he wasn't really taking it totally seriously. It's kind of just enjoying the ride, I think, at the beginning. But that he saw what that can do when he had like big matches and wasn't able to close some of them out. He did once in a while have some big wins, but mm-hmm. he definitely had some where he should have won and, you know, maybe a little extra work would have pushed him over the line. So he's he's working very hard now. I think all these Americans having great results is kind of motivating the rest of them to, you know, why couldn't, why couldn't I do that? If this person that I train with all the time, you know, is, is able to do that. And last year he made the fourth round of Wimbledon, uh, Tommy Paul did. So he's starting to have consistent results and, uh, yeah, I mean, going up against Shelton, it's, I don't know. I I would maybe pick Tommy just out of experience, but Uh, yeah. At the same time, yeah. mentally, it's hard when you play somebody like that, where it's like, oh, this is only their second major. And like, I should win because I have so much more experience. But like, <laughs> if Shelton's on fire, like, what do you do? So
0: yeah, you can't, you can't really stop him. That's very true. So that'll be a really fun one. And then I'm really, I love Jess and Coco. I love mm-hmm. watching them play doubles and I would love to see them take home the, the win and take yeah. on the title. Yeah. They're just like a fun, and I think they do a really good job of getting the crowd involved too. I think the crowd really loves them.
1: They definitely what's not
0: what's not to like about either player. I mean,
1: yeah, (laughs) they're they're definitely fan favorites. Um, Yeah, for sure. They're just having so much fun out there. Like, I saw a, a comment from a commentator the other day. He was talking about on the men's side, but you know, you can talk about this either side really. Players that play doubles aren't gonna win majors. Like if you're serious about winning a singles major, you can't play doubles. And I want so bad for Jess Pagula to win just just to
0: just to spite him.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> you can. Is it common? Can, no. No, but, but
0: it's possible for sure.
1: Yeah. She's I would she love to a,
0: see her win both.
1: That would that would be that wow. would be
0: like crazy, but
1: Yeah. It just, would be,
0: and and she was funny in her on court interview. She just talked about how she would rather play doubles than just like practice. Mm-hmm. She's like, I would so much rather be busy every day and play with Coco and like a- actually be in real match points and like real match experience versus just practicing. I was yeah. like, I kind of like that. Maybe that's why she's so calm on the court. She's just always playing. <laughs>
1: just like AI, you know, just <laughs> talking about practice here. Like I don't need to practice now. It, <laughs> She, she works hard. So she definitely, you know, no shortage of practice for Pagula, but yeah, sure. I, I think that it is way more fun to, to play matches, especially when you're playing doubles with Coco, like there's a crowd, it's fun. I'm sure that's much more exciting than just going out to the court and having David Witt run you around, which, you know, that guy's <laughs> a does great too, coach. For so, sure. She does for that sure. too. So but. yeah, <laughs> uh, it'd be fun to it would be really fun to see if she could pull it out. So, um, I mean, she's the favorite at this point. She's the number three seed, the highest remaining seed left. And, uh, yeah, she basically hasn't lost this year. Um, she, she had one loss in United cup, but technically it was in December because the United cup started at the end of December. So 2023 she's undefeated. I think she's eight. 0 hasn't lost. And a set. Hasn't,
0: uh, That's crazy to me. Yeah. And I think Sabalenka is the same or is it just she hasn't dropped a set through the I think she hasn't dropped a set all year either.
1: She hasn't lost a set for sure during the Australian Open. Yeah. Now, has she dropped a set? Maybe she that? had. we can check that out very easily. There's <laughs> a I don't know for our listeners, if you know, there's actually an app. It's called Tennis One <laughs> and you can go to it. You can search for a player. You can see their past results. And I'm seeing she has not lost this year, Sabalenka. She uh, she won Adelaide one. And uh, so that was, she won four matches there. And then, yeah, one, two, three, four. She's won four matches here. So eight, no. Look at that. No sets pretty lost good. in any of them. So yeah, those, those are pretty the two exciting. hottest players for sure right now, Sabalenka. So
0: I, f- I feel like that's kind of a good transition into kind of giving our little insight. I know we've probably covered majority of it, but just quickly going through the remaining players. Obviously we, we, we talked about Sabalenka and Pagula making it to the women's final. That's Mm -hmm. kind of, that's our predictions, but who else could you see kind of pushing their way through?
1: So looking at the women's quarterfinals, we'll just, for those that don't know, you have 2022 Wimbledon champ, Elena Rybakina versus 20 I believe 17 Roland Garros champion Elena Ostapenko that is uh the first quarterfinal so two former slam winners there I mean they could do it I know Rybakina, you know kind of feels shafted and she should for she won Wimbledon got no points kind of lost out on a lot of the marketing that comes with that you know of win, winning Wimbledon so she's probably very hungry She she's the one that beat Sviantec, right so that that was a tough uh Tough, was that in the fourth round or third round? Fourth they, round. Uh, fourth round. Okay. So yeah. Um. Hey, out of those two, I would. Mm, I would pick Alina. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably pick her too. But Ostapenko, man, she just—you <laughs> can't ever count her out. So. I know. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a that's the top half quarterfinal number one, and then Pagula Azarenka, which another you know, former major winner. Azarenka has won the Australian Open twice. So she likes it here. She lost to Jess the last time they played in the Australian Open, I think 2021 yeah. first round. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Pagula there, but I don't know. It's it's hard being the top dog. So when, when you have all the expectations all of a sudden, um, and this is kind of the first time that she's really dealt with that in a major, you know, normally she's not the, the top seed remaining so we'll see how right. she can yeah see how she can handle it puschkova Lynette puschgra i mean she she's just had steady results throughout her whole career made a ton of she major has. quarterfinals she's been the number 1 ranked player in the world before and she was and she didn't win a major so that just shows you like
0: her how, results matter yeah. and she just gets consistent super yeah. consistent so exactly i think i i picked her first i picked her
1: yeah and that, in that one, one. Yeah, over Lynette, who, if you would have told me there's a Polish player in the women's quarterfinals, then it's not Igo Swiatek. <laughs> <That was laughs> very surprising. So, yeah. But, I mean, again, you know, a player that's been on the tour for a while, has got a lot of experience. So, yeah, interesting to see how that one shakes out. But I'd, I'd probably pick Pliskovel like you did. And uh, Sabalenka-Vekic. This, to me, is the most interesting of the four matches. Um, sabalenka actually lost to Vekic in the San Diego Open last October, just like three <laughs> months ago. So she's playing much better than she, you know, she's playing much better right now. She's serving much better, Sabalenka is. But like Vekic is having great results and uh, she's got Pam Shriver coaching her. And uh, I think she's just, she's feeling good about her tennis. So that that's the one to me that could be kind of an upset out of the okay quarters left. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll still pick Sabalenka, but... Yeah, I, I think that could be an upset out of those four. So yeah, Pagula Sabalenka, I think that's who we think in the final.
0: That's Yeah, that's who I put down.
1: All right, who are you picking? Got to I go one gonna, way or the other. I
0: think I'm going to go Jess, just because I just feel like I just want her to do it. I, I really like Sabalenka a lot too. Like mm-hmm. either way, if either player wins, actually, honestly, anyone who's left in the draw, anybody that wins, that's okay with me, but I would really, really like to see Jess do it. And I just feel like, you know, just, just with how she's been playing, like she just is kind of an underrated player. I mean, yeah. I don't know if underrated is the right word, but I just yeah, feel I like she's you're not right about that. I don't think she's talked about enough. And I think she's such a strong asset to this WTA tour and the players really seem to respect her. And she just, mm-hmm. the way she carries herself, the way she plays, I would love to see her take, take the title, but we'll see.
1: That's a good point. The players really do seem to respect her. I, I had no idea that she and Azarenka were like great friends. And uh Azarenka said in a press conference the other day, like yeah, practice together, like they're, she loves her. And I think everybody really likes her and she's, she's become kind of like a leader uh, on the WTA tour, just in terms of like, like for United cup, everybody was kind of like, you know, basically Jess is the captain. You know, she plays with Coco, so obviously she's older. She's going to be kind of the... the Even though Coco has been ranked higher probably for longer, not anymore, because Jess is ranked higher than her now, but um, yeah, I... I guess I, I I really like both players. Sabalenka is is really great. Uh, if if you're ever around her, she's just like so she's energetic so nice. and yeah, fun and
0: she's a really nice person too. Off yeah. the court, like she's not intense off the court. She's super no. nice. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, very bubbly. Just no. So I I hope both the I hope Puglisebalenka in the final. And yeah, I, I got a word for the American, you know, but I, know. I I would be very happy if Sabalenka won too. So it's kind of a win-win if that was the it final is. for me.
0: It really is. And if maybe if Jess doesn't win in singles, then her and Coca will take it in doubles. I would yeah. love that. Love yeah. that for both of them too. So let's get some either hard way. way. Somewhere. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Team USA bring it home for us. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we can switch over to the men's side. We talked about some of the matchups already. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, you have uh Hachinov, Korda in the top yep. quarterfinal spot, Sitsipas Lehechka. Hope, hope I didn't butcher it, uh, but that's that's how I've been saying it.
0: That's how you say it. I looked yeah. it up before.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Rublev <laughs> versus Djokovic and Shelton versus Paul. So Hashanah versus Korda. I mean, Korda's just, he's, yeah, he's playing great tennis. And uh, other than just like kind of having a, a few hiccups when he, when he gets to the finish line. Now that said, he's gotten to the finish line, but it just always hasn't mm-hmm. been the easiest. Easiest. So, right. I'm picking I'm picking him in that match, but hey, Hatchinoff's, you know, he he's had great results over his career. I mean, he he won the silver medal at the Olympics, uh lost to Zverev, I believe. Um yeah, it just
0: good US Open run, too. Good US 20. Open
1: run. He's he's had a lot of good runs in majors, so and he's been around for a little bit a little bit longer than Corda has. Even though both guys like still relatively young. Um, Yeah. So yeah. I I pick Corda there. Me too. Tsitsipas Lehechka. What do you think, Madison? Is he, he going to keep the I, upsets rolling or no?
0: Yeah, I picked Lehechka because right. I just feel – I don't know. I just feel like he's – what does he have to lose? He just yeah. kind of is playing nothing. like <laughs> – yeah, he literally has nothing. He's going to move up in the rankings. Like, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. feel like he's kind of who I pick. And I just feel like – I don't know. Tsitsipas is hitter – he's just kind of hot or cold. Like, yeah. he's kind of – he's either really on – or he's, I don't know. So it, it'll be interesting. I think it could be potentially close or he could, or a Paz could come in and, and blow it out in three sets. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's hard to, you're right. About it's that. It hard won't to be a,
1: it won't be a blowout in Lehechka's favor. So if, no. if he were to win, it would be probably very close. And if, yeah. you know, if anybody's blown anybody out, it will be Sitsipas. Yeah. He, um, yeah. I, I'd probably pick him in this, even though you're right. Sometimes he could, you know, kind of falter, like you know, the closer he gets to this uh, this slam title, but I don't know. He he's had good results in slams, especially this one. He's you know beaten Federer and doll here, um, and he he's been playing really great this year. A United Cup, he beat Chorich, who like mentally was just one of those guys he just couldn't seem to get over the hump against. He he's had like matches where he's had like five or six match points against Korich and and lost. And actually, and the one he won in United Cup, he probably had just as many match points. And he did finally win one. And he but finally like, got it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think did Sitsipas beat Berrettini at, at um, United Cup? He had one other big win. So I think he's playing really, really strong. And mentally, he he's probably at his best he's ever been. So I'll probably pick Sitsipas there. But hey, we'll see. We'll see which yeah. of us is right. So that'll be hot. That'll be
0: a good one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Novak and Rublev.
1: Yeah, well, yesterday after Rublev won, I don't know if you saw, he said in the encore interview, uh, oh, I'm going to play Novak next. Well, Novak hadn't even started his match <laughs> against Steven R. So, so Rublev, I think like the rest of the world and fairly assumed that there's no way demon R is going to be Djokovic and yeah. it was the score line was a little sad I think it was like it
0: was yeah 6-2, oh. 6-2 and 6-1, Alex 6-2 played really something. well this tournament so I would have liked yeah. it a little bit closer but it's Novak I, I mean
1: yeah he, he's he
0: didn't get to play last year at AO so he's kind of just probably
1: <laughs> very hungry. <laughs> hungry yeah very hungry and he um yeah I, I don't know he didn't have any issues with the hamstring I guess in that match either so no that's not anything anybody wants to hear. And, uh, and actually again, back to that press count or that interview on court with Rublev, he, he said, no one wants to play Novak, which maybe you shouldn't, you know, say just for like keeping up appearances, like, let's not let your opponent know, like, I don't want to play you, even though it's obvious you don't want to play him. But so, yeah, not a great quote going into that matchup. So I think, uh, everybody's got to pick Djokovic there, but
0: yeah, I mean, it is a four and five seed. It's kind of, you know, because Novak's not seated as mm-hmm. highly as obviously he would have been. Yeah. Um. But Rublev, he said in a couple of his press conferences that he really thought he was going to lose that match. Yeah. Like a couple matches, he's like, I thought I was going to. So I think his men- mental side maybe isn't, I think that could be his demise. I think it could, it has a potential to be mm-hmm. t- close, maybe four. Yeah. I just feel like Rublev's a really, he's a really strong player, but yeah, Novak, I think is going to take it for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, that match against Runa last night, I mean, that could help him a lot because, you know, he, he basically was down, he was down two, five in the fifth set and he was serving. So two of the games he had to win to come back were on his serve, but like down two, five came back to five, all then it's six, five and Runa has two match points in that game. And Rublev gets through that, gets the tiebreak, and then he's down love five to Runa. So to come back and win that match, I mean, at this point, you're just totally playing with house money. Um, yeah, Rublev's never made it past the quarters of a major, I don't believe. So, Ugh,
0: which makes me uh, sad that he, yeah. you know, he's matched up with Djokovic because it would be fun to yeah. see him go one one yeah. step further and get get past that block too. But he's a good, he, he's a really good player. So,
1: yeah, he wants it bad. So. I, I don't know. I think you're right. Maybe four sets, but Djokovic probably, probably takes it.
0: Yeah. I think Uh, so too. And then Paul and and Shelton for the last one. Who's your pick? I really like, honestly, it's a coin toss for me. I really, I just don't know. I, if I, I feel like Shelton could do it. So I, I think I'll say him but I really could see it going either way. Just because like we talked about, Tommy Paul has a little bit more experience. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of found his rhythm and his strong suits of his game. And he kind of knows what it takes to win. It seems like now yeah. and has had good major results the last year. So it's, it's a toss up, but I feel like just, just the way Shelton has been playing. I don't know. He just kind of seems like he's unstoppable at this point, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. I close. Mean, I'm with you. I, I'm going to pick Shelton. I i actually thought, in the match against a wolf i thought wolf was maybe gonna pull that one out just because Mm -hmm. even though i think maybe shelton has ultimate he has more potential long term i thought wolf would maybe pull it out just on experience kind of having been on the pro tour longer than than shelton has but i was wrong you know shelton got through that one mentally as well so like He's he's uh, really making a strong showing here, so I'm going to pick him over Paul too. Even though Tommy has more experience, which is what you would say for him, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's not going to be. Sometimes when to reach the biggest result of your life, you have to beat somebody that you should beat. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. So oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna Shelton train. I'm gonna ride with. him. Yeah. still going.
0: I, yeah, honestly, these men's matches they really. With exception of maybe the Djokovic Rublev match, could go either way, and even that one could still have the potential to be close. So
1: yeah. it
0: will be interesting to see who gets punches their ticket to the semis, and then who.
1: Yeah. So who do you have? Who final. do you have in the final, and who do you have winning?
0: Yeah. So I I I, I picked uh, Djokovic and Korda. Okay. And I I picked Rematch. Korda. I picked Korda because.
1: He played him in
0: Adelaide. I don't yeah. know, and yeah. I I know that's like very ambitious just yeah,
1: because it's fun to pick and you
0: know? I think I just since I want since I picked Jess to see two Americans win would be so cool and that I would mean, I don't know bull. it would be crazy I don't I don't I'm not super duper confident however I think that he has the capability like we talked about he had a match point in Adelaide I mean he mm-hmm. he he knows Novak's yeah. style of play knows his game so I feel like if that ended up being the final it would be a really good one
1: yeah, I I think out of the top half, because uh, I I had Korda and Sitsipas in the semis. Gosh, that's a
0: that's I know that's tough. <laughs>
1: that's a, that's a tough one. I think actually I would maybe pick Korda because I I don't know sometimes uh, Sitsipas loses to he loses matches like that. So yeah, I, I would pick maybe quarter in the final versus Djokovic, and yeah, I I'd love to pick. Corda and be like oh yeah I had that which you'll be able to say if, if he wins <laughs> because picking Joe Gritch isn't you know it's not a, anything groundbreaking but I don't know I think again Corda's mental game it's better than it's ever been but it's maybe still not where it needs to be for him to win a major especially against one of the big three right uh so yeah. He's still I, so
0: young too. He has plenty of time too. Yeah.
1: Like the only way I could say, like if he got a big on Djokovic, like really far ahead or something um, and there was like less pressure to close out the situations. Yeah, yeah I,
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah, but so I, I'll pick Djokovic. I mean, so no more hamstring issue apparently. Guy's hungry. Yeah. He's won this <laughs> tournament like, you know, this would be like his 10th time maybe or something. So
0: so yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really I mean that's a safe bet yeah. for sure. But Sebi
1: Corda's dad won the Australian Open, so we got that. You know, there's, there's yep. some history there. So who knows? Maybe the tennis gods have something special for us.
0: Yeah, it would be very cool, Peter and Sebby to both lot like they've talked about a lot of success for the Corda family in Australia. Mm. So oh yeah. Either yeah. way, honestly, both both draws the players that remain. It's anybody's game. It could just with how it's played out. I'd like to see I, I wonder if anyone has a perfect bracket still. I, I highly doubt it. I don't because... think so. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. That's uh this is even harder to pick than March Madness. And uh, seriously. You know, we see how hard that is to pick, but when you have 128 players, 64 matches, oof, that's uh that's a lot. So we'll that's see, it's lot. been a fun Australian open. I'm excited to see how it plays out over the next week and uh yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll be talking about I've it certainly here.
0: enjoyed it more this year than last year for yeah. sure. I know last year was different, but yeah, this year has been a little bit more fun.
1: Yeah, fully on and yeah, really great storylines. All you can ask for, first major of the year.